Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soul Led. So this is going to be, I'm pretty sure it's an end of the year um, episode, but it's probably going to be like the best episode of the year, I feel very much. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Get your notebooks out because we are talking all about predictions in 2022. And just to make it more fun, decided to invite my friend, Chelsea. She actually invited herself, you guys, <laughs> to be honest here. But she knew that I would want to do this with her. So she just kind of had the creative idea. So I'm really excited to be here with none other than Chelsea Jewel. We all love her. Our favorites, not not our favorite soul mentor, but one of our favorite soul mentors, Chelsea, <laughs> um, resident astrologer at Soul Academy. And we're just going to have some fun. I did my predictions for 2022. She did hers um, more from an astrology place as well. And we're just going to kind of go back and forth. We're going to ask each other questions and just see what comes through. So, so get ready. Welcome Chels. Thank you. Yes. I am so glad I invited myself to be here with you. Thank you for accepting and having me. <laughs> I'm excited to be here and have this conversation. It's so, more, so much more fun to do it. I feel like when I was doing my video of, 20, so guys, I, if you don't know, I did a, I always do a um, prediction for the next year and um, it's on YouTube. So I did my 2022 you just, YouTube, Nikki Novo, you'll see it there. And um, I feel like I was like almost like drunk when I was doing it. I was not, or like high or something. Cause I was having so much fun in this. Um, it was, maybe it's almost like you're, it's that place in, because Chelsea was saying that I was being a little optimistic and, it, but it was kind of this feeling, Chelsea, you don't know yet, but maybe if, and when, if you decide when you go to this birthing process, you, you kind of go through like such strong pain that all you can do is like laugh. Like you actually, mm -hmm. like, don't, you feel high almost in a weird way because of like the pain you just went through. And that's kind of what it felt like to do that reading. It was kind of strange. Like I yeah. just remember like laughing at myself the whole time. So I'm happy to not have to do that by myself anymore. Yeah, no, I, I get that feeling you're saying, and I can definitely feel some of that too. Um, it was just funny when I was watching your video, the first thing you said, you're like, it's going to be a funny year. And I was like, what is she feeling into what this is not what I am feeling. But I see when you say it like that, like the sort of delirium from pain or like the process of transformation. I, I get it. Yeah. Delirious is a great word for it. And I think also like you guys have to know, like my sense of humor, like I, I, part of like my culture is to laugh at painful things because it's like kind of how we, like our culture learned to get through like hard stuff or whatever. So I think that was the overall vibe for me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Like this 2022 is just like, it is not so it's like, it's just, it felt also to me very much like, um, I started off the video saying like, what is up is down. Mm -hmm. and what is up. So it felt very much like topsy turvy. Yeah. Like nobody even knows what's happening. Like mm -hmm. it felt very much, um, kind of a, kind of almost like a confused state also, but that all you can do at this point is laugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Far. 
Yeah, I felt when I was watching your video, I kept thinking of the nickname Angelica has given you of Grim Reaper Barbie. And I was like, you're, that's totally your energy right now. Of like, hey guys, like I'm here to show up with this like death sentence. It's all great. Like I'm blonde and I'm bubbly, so it's fine. <laughs> I promise it won't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much, yes, that's exactly. I was like, oh man, this is nuts. And I was at the top of the mountain when I was um, getting the information. So I felt very like unattached to what was, you know. So my theme was very much, um, it's, it felt a very fix it theme. You know, it was a very much like we got to fix things. Um, mm -hmm. So we have that little bit of that humanitarian theme coming back, of course, that's been with us for a bit. And, um, but it also felt like just things turning upside down and just being like really, really crazy where, um, um, like almost, almost like when something breaks so much that you like, don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. So that overall kind of feel for me, but what, what was your theme for 2022? Yeah, I definitely feel that. And, you know, we've like entered into the age of Aquarius, which is very much this sort of like fix it humanitarian energy. So we're like continuing to get more into that. Um, I definitely feel that I think when I look at the astrology and feel into 2022, I'm a little bit more focused on like Pluto energy, which we're going to talk a lot about of um, like, I think there's still a lot of tower card moments for us collectively to go through before sort of like you're saying, like, I don't feel like we're quite at the fix it stage yet. I feel like we're still going through some tower card moments this year collectively and for those of us who have sort of been doing the work and like everyone who's listening to this podcast, especially, there's definitely that feeling of sort of looking around and starting to or continuing to look towards the future of how we're going to fix it, but also of like fully stepping into our power to be able to do so. Like, so <laughs> I don't want to be like totally like catastrophic about everything but there is sort of like this feeling of like just chaos going on Pluto is very much the energy of like um healing from chaos like chaos that births transformation and healing and destruction that births healing and transformation so there's sort of this energy of like you know uh, like bridges burning and buildings crumbling and everything and we're the ones that are like looking around and being like, when, when, who's showing up to save us? Oh, it's us. But that's sort of the moment I feel like we're in, in 2022, or we're stepping into is like looking around for something to save us and realizing like, it's going to be us. Right. And I also think there's a kind of overall, like for some people that maybe have already caught on, kind of caught on to this a little bit ago, kind of, you know, felt that um, things like are kind of crumbling this year for those people, so probably people that are listening to the podcast, right? That you've done your own healing. You've already kind of, um, you know, you're in a different pl place because you you took advantage of that first wave of healing that started to happen in around 2018, 2019. And um, it does feel like a little bit like of a, I told you so year too, you know, kind of where some of those people that did like the early wave are just, um, because I feel for the next 10 years that there's these like waves of healing, mm -hmm. um, Ways of awakening kind of um where like 2020 was a, a wave of awakening but 2021 it kind of you know got quiet again and then like 2022 is gonna another there's gonna be this mm -hmm. other wave that comes 
Um, so people are like, are these different stages of um, these waves of awakening? But in a way, it felt to me almost like the people that took the first wave are going to like kind of look at the second wave that we're going to start to see in 2022 midway, I would say second quarter is kind of not right away. It's going to happen later. And they're going to kind of be like, well, I told you, and almost like this, um, you know, not as empathetic as you would think. So there is, because there's going to be a little bit of an urgency for the second wave to wake up. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, I think, and I think urgency, like I think every wave is going to feel that urgency. Like the first wave you're talking about, the urgency is to like step into your power. Like we're running short on the window of time where we can sit around anymore and like doubt our power and doubt our voices and like twiddle our thumbs doubting ourselves. For the second wave you're talking about, there is, I feel that energy of like (laughs) that urgency to wake up and like, okay, 2020 didn't do it for you. You just got to go, you know, like, right. um, yeah, like exactly of 2022. And it's kind of like, you know, when somebody's already been like leading the force and, and then somebody's like, oh my gosh, I want to be like that. I want to be a feminist. And like the queen feminist is like, okay, well just get in, like get in the freaking <laughs> line. Like this is, let's just go and where they might be looking for a little bit more handholding. Right. And that's kind of going to be an interesting thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel that. But also, like you said in your video, I also see 2022 being a really um, good year in a lot of ways for the healers, for the, you know, most of the people listening to this podcast who are in that first wave, because there's a lot of work for you to take up. Yeah. There's a lot of reaping of those early kind of like early adopters, basically. It's like anything, like if you caught on to something early on, it's just going to be easier for you. So yeah, we definitely see that. So, um, Chels, one thing I thought was interesting while I was channeling the information was I was like, I had this moment when I was like, even just repeating the information, I was like, this is so interesting. There's such an emphasis on the U.S. Like I wasn't being called to speak about other countries when like, I am very like global oriented and also just in our business in, um, soul Academy, like it's a global, you know, we have people from all over. So, you know, I, I, as I'm saying those things, of course, I was like thinking of even the girls that work in my company, right? Like Kat is in Poland. So I was thinking of the other countries, but they were not calling me the way the U.S. was calling me. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? I have so many thoughts on this. It's a really, really, 2022 is a really big year for the U.S. as a country. Um, there are two major transits happening for the U.S. that become exact in 2022. So the first one that some of some people may have heard of already is the US Pluto return, which is incredibly significant. If you've heard of Saturn return, which all of us as individuals go through every 28 to 30 years. And it's a time in our lives when lots of themes of Saturn come up of tests, lessons, commitments, like really committing to our soul's purpose. The Pluto return for the US, it happens every 246 years. So this is the first one that the U.S. will ever go through. And um, it's because the U.S. as a country has its own birth chart based on when the Declaration of Independence was signed. And Pluto is coming back around to the exact degree that it was at at that time when the Declaration of Independence was signed. So it's a very, sorry. Super fun. (laughs) Super fun. Pluto being the planet of 
death, destruction, chaos, healing, rebirth. Um, it's a very, very karmic time where it's basically like, it feels like a very big karmic evaluation time. And, you know, we've been like building up to this. We've already started to see the effects of this. It just, this transit becomes exact at a few different points in 2022. Um, but there's going to be a lot more of these lessons of like, as a country is the US standing up on the ideals that it was founded on. And if not, those things that are not aligned with what we claimed to have been founded on are going to continue falling away, sort of like that tower card energy. Um, and in Pluto fashion, like it's not going to probably be a very nice, pretty process, but it is for the ultimate purpose of building something new that can be more sustainable. So, yeah. and overall, the like, even though that is you know like a grim you know and kind of like you know how I say it's like super it is super fun super fun is me like being sarcastic but mm -hmm. but it does feel very triumphant to me like that's why I take that um I think like to me it feels very much like triumphant for the people mm -hmm. so it's more you know if you guys are listening like it's going to be nuts but it's going to like really affect people who are used to um kind of being empowering and power and getting away with things. And what was really interesting to me when I was in this space, um, so I am, uh, you know, of Cuban descent. My parents had to flee a communist country to, to come to the U.S. So there's always been this kind of talk about, um, you know, people taking our money and like all these things, like these fears of like the, the communist stuff. And um What's interesting here is that like whenever we, when, when we get scared of like um, these systems breaking down or like, I don't know, money being spread out, what I'm really thinking is that even if you're like wealthy, like even if you're making like over, you know, you're making your million dollars a year, we're not talking about you. Like, <laughs> like these people that are kind of really holding power are just like, we can't even imagine who those like those people are so beyond our like space. So those are the ones that are, that's, that's where I felt like the power was being held and it was going to be, um, you know, ugly, but it's, we like are so separate from those people. So I guess, I don't know if that makes any sense, Charles, but. Yeah. I mean, yes. And I, I agree. And I think one of the things that stood out to me most about your video was when you said the biggest enemy we have right now is greed. Like that is the truth. And I think even, you know, with this really strong Pluto energy in 2022, it's also important to remember that for us, the goal and the objective of Pluto kind of bringing up all of this stuff to be seen and to be healed is not for the purpose of just like blaming people. Like there's a lot of shadow work we can all do individually as well of where greed lives in us, of where these internalized things that are going to be continue to be brought up like racism, misogyny, um, all of these like structures that can no longer exist. Like where do they live in us? So I think it's important to, to say that, that there's individual shadow work we can and should be doing alongside this bigger collective narrative of 
you're right. Like there are those people at the top that we can't even like fathom, but we also can't get so caught up in the narrative of just like, well, this it's whole Pluto passes on to me like this. Right. Do with me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that also comes back to the narrative of like taking our power back. Like mm-hmm. when we do that, we give away so much of our power. And this is Pluto is also about reclaiming our inner power and sort of redefining power for ourselves. Right. And that's like towards the end of the video, that's what I was getting into, that there's like this balance of power. And, you know, if you think about um, balance of power, uh, imbalance of power is a codependent relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of, I talked about the food system a lot because my sense is we're going to start to see the codependency that we Mm -hmm. have, um, excuse me, the dependence that we have on the way that we even, um, you know, food is a very basic root chakra, how I take care of myself, my survival skills, that kind of stuff. And um, the balance of power has a lot to do with us seeing like where we've handed off our power or where we're like trying to take power from others. Like everything till now has been about either somebody being in power and somebody not having Mm -hmm. power. So we're moving into the, and I think that's the overall for, for me, like there's this fear of, um, equalizing power because then it gets, um, caught up in like different, you know, government like buzzwords or whatever. And, um, this balance of power is really about looking at our own, like how we are codependent, how sometimes we're in the place of wanting to be a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're in the place of, you know, just kind of looking the other way and be like, whatever that person can handle it. And then before you know it, you have, um, like a really weird food system that you can't, you know, that you don't even, you know, if you probably wouldn't be able to survive if something bad would happen. Um, so we're going to start to see like, that is the big, that's the beginning of balancing out power, you know, and, and it's, it's not, um, power over us. It's power within ourselves. Right. And, and that's the point with that was just coming up for me is it's, it's not just a shift of power distribution, but it's also like a shift from, only seeing power as this external thing to like spiritual power. And this is the second really big transit that the U.S. as a country has going on in 2022. It actually started in 2021 and it's exact again in 2022, which is the U.S. Neptune opposition. So in the U.S. chart, the planet Neptune, which is the planet of spirituality, spiritual awakening, healing, um, transcendence, is in the sign of Virgo. And in 2022, we're going to see uh, Neptune still in Pisces. It's going to be exactly opposite where it is in the US chart, which to me, there's always like a range of potentials, but it signals sort of what you were talking about earlier, this second wave of um, awakening opportunity. It feels like this Neptune opposition for the US as a country, not that like only if you're in the US are there opportunities for spiritual awakening, but it's sort of like being seated there in a lot of ways. And it speaks to this larger theme we're talking about of like changing how we even view power to more of like a spiritual power within us that is equal amongst all of us. Right. That we all have equal access to it. I love that Chelsea. I love the way you're explaining that because the conversation has been about like, these people have power. These people don't have power, but like that's, you know, all this stuff. Um, okay. So we, I definitely see an like 
another set of movements coming through um, that we're going to see. And I was like really being called to the housing market. Did you hear me talk about that? Yep. Yep. What do and, you um, well, I love how like specific and focused your, um, your advice was around the housing market. I think that um, there's a lot of what you talk about with money, food industry, housing, that speaks to where Uranus is in Taurus. And Uranus has been here for a few years. It'll be here for a few more years, but it's, Uranus is the planet of change and progress and innovation, but also like sudden shakeups. So I really connected what you said with the housing market and even some of those other categories with Uranus being in Taurus, just like, again, sort of changing. There may be like on the material realm, things that don't make sense to us right away. But again, it's all for the eventual direction of change and progress of how we view home, security, resources, money, food, like where all of these things come from. And yeah, I also- Connection to all those things, I, I find. Yeah. And I like what you said too about, um, I think this was actually more in the money section, but I think you tied it into the housing piece as well of like starting to pay more attention to who is worthy of accepting our money, whether it's for like a home loan or a business investment or whatever, that feels like an important piece of this as well. Yeah. So what I, because there's like a balance in um, money, I mean, excuse me, a balance in power within ourselves um, and this kind of learning that, you know, in part, so like you're talking about like the balance of power within ourselves, the spiritual part that that's going to, that manifests physically, right? So mm -hmm. right now the physical manifestation of, uh, of, um, um, imbalance of power is that, you know, some people are like worker bees for other, um, for other people. Right. So when, and it's, there's nothing wrong about being worker bees, but the worker bees need to know how important they are to the queen. Mm -hmm. So that is like, some people like being worker bees. We, you know, like we like doing things and making companies and having our jobs and all that kind of stuff. But what's been messed up is like us not knowing number one, that we're a worker bee. And then number two, that like we are meaningful and that we have so much more power than we think by being part of the worker bee system. So what I was saying about the, um, about money is that, um, you know, every time we, you know, we're all borrowing money for something. Like if you're borrowing money to get a car or to get a house or all that stuff, there seems like there's, you know, going to be some sort of, um, I don't know if I want to call it policing or something, but being like, do I really want to give my money to this? Do I really want to take money from this person? You know, like, it's kind of like when you go out for a loan, like maybe you don't want to ask your dad because you know, your dad's going to hold it over you, but you rather ask your aunt who's going, who's like, yes, I believe in what you're doing. Don't worry. Like, you know, when you can pay me back, you can pay me back type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, not that it's going to be flexibility in like loans, but realizing that like, you know, like you don't need, like, yes, we like need the cat, you know, their money to do whatever it is that we need to do, but you have power in that. Like they can only continue to create money mm -hmm. um, because you're borrowing the money. So um, a big shift in that, because also what happened, you know, what was it like 10 years ago that the house housing market, like, you know, crashed, there was all these sorts of shady loans, all that kind of stuff. But now it's like to get 
any sort of like loan, it's like, you know, drawing, like you have to like draw blood or whatever, but, and it makes you feel really shitty. Like it just, there's this kind of really shitty feeling of my gosh. And especially millennials are coming up now trying to buy houses and like they can't Mm because it's so damn expensive. So like learning that we don't have to just kind of try to make more and meet them more, but we can talk about like, well, guess what? Then none of us are going to borrow from you and we're not going to, you know, so there's, there's power in the group, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's how we're, you know, that's part of balancing at the power that there's, there's nothing wrong with people that have more money and that can lend money to others, but they also make money off of us lending, borrowing money from them type of thing. So that looks like that's going to start to change a little bit. Yeah, I've even um, seen some conversations and I've wanted to do more research into this and I haven't yet, but I've even seen some people talk about um, changing like the banks they use or the credit cards they use based on some of these huge like credit card companies are funding like things that we don't want to happen to the environment and like making decisions on who you you spend your money with obviously, but also like the channels that you do that through. Mm-hmm. And, and um, exactly. And like using a buy your, your buying power, but in a different way, like we've already mm-hmm. heard like, okay, like spend money with people that you, you know, whatever, like the companies like buy local, all that stuff. But this is a totally different way of seeing it too, because um, there's just this feeling of like shame or less than when we need to like receive money and receiving is just as much as powerful as being able to give. And that's kind of something that we're going to start to see. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about the reading, which I found like super fun was the energy of the different um, generations. Like for <laughs> generations were like speaking to me so much during the, um, because my overall sense, and I don't know if this is like, and I gave this example in my um, video. So the children, I, I call them the, ch- I've heard this term and like, this is just what it feels right for me. The children of the sun, which is like mm-hmm. the kids that are being born right now. Those are our pandemic babies. The young kids that are, you know, like in grade school, I would say probably like, you know, I don't know exactly what the years are, but it's probably like born in 2010 and like till now or whatever. Yeah. And so like kind of the last 10 years or so. And these children are the children that are going to benefit, you know, that are going to be the first to kind of benefit from all this craziness that's like that we're going through. And it really reminds me of my grandparents leaving Cuba with my, you know, and then both my parents met in the US. Um, But then, you know, my parents like doing all the hard work, like their generation was a very hard work, you know, it was like they didn't have time to choose you know, what they loved, they had to do whatever job, they had to raise these kids, they had to make sure their parents were okay, like there was this like in between generation. But I am like, I get to reap all these benefits of what my grandparents did and my parents did years ago. And that's kind of where we're at. Like that's, I felt like the children of the sun were for kind of, you know, sending this vibe to us, like being like, hey, you guys got to clean up all this stuff, because we are the children of the sun, like we are the ones that are going to come and like live a very different way than the way you lived, but you got to clean up your mess. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, you know, it's not fun to be those other generations, you know, because we're like doing so much, um, we're like, we are paying like the karmic debt right now. 
Um, so it was really fun for me. What, any, any thoughts about like why I was picking up so many generation, different generations? Like, why were they talking to me? Well, the why, I'm not sure. I loved hearing it too, though. And I love the, like, I can just feel that energy of the children of the sun too. Like it's so pure and so bright. What I found interesting as an astrologer and what you were saying is, again, going back to Pluto, like Pluto is a very important planet. And especially this year, if you study one thing in astrology this year, let it be like where Pluto falls in your chart. But Pluto is a generational planet. So it corresponds a lot to our generation. So not all millennials, but a lot of millennials are the Pluto and Scorpio generation, which, you know, you said in your video, their energy is coming through. And like, we get mocked a lot by Gen Z for being so serious and taking things so seriously is because we have Pluto and Scorpio, which is a more intense sign. But, you know, we really came here to like, start healing a lot of trauma and also to bring back this sort of interest in occult things which is very Scorpio of like the mysticism astrology tarot mediumship all this stuff whereas Gen Z a lot of them have um, not all of them but most Gen Zers have Pluto and Sagittarius which is a lot more of that sort of like dark humor energy that you're definitely feeling from them of sort of like we talked about at the beginning of like <laughs> the world is burning and let's just laugh. So yeah. it was interesting to feel that energy come through and what you were channeling of each generation. Yeah. And they felt like the narrators of my channeling. Like I, if you guys listen to it, it is a channel from the narration of the Gen Z. Like, <laughs> and what I was getting overall was that millennials, Gen Z, and then um, they're the children of the sun. That's not their real name. They're the alphas. Alphas. I think something alpha. Um, to me, it's like, and I'm one of three kids, but it's like, they're three siblings is the way that I understand them. And it's like the millennials are the older children. And that's why they're so serious and like <laughs> take themselves like way too seriously. And then of course the middle child's like you assholes, like, which is like our Gen Z. And then the children's of the sun, they just benefit from like what the older kids did. Totally. Um, a middle child. So I think that's why I was like, I was like, I love these, you know, Gen Zers. Like, so that very much the, the channeling was like from them, like they were speaking to me the most. And um, I did know that, that the Pluto, that Pluto was like the generational, that's kind of how we get our, our gens. And um, it, it felt very much like these three, specifically Gen Z and millennials are like working hard together. Um, but they don't see eye to eye. So um, there is a little bit of a, there's, you know, that's a little hard to figure out like who's good at what. And that's kind of what we're um, from a, like a structural place. Like that's, I think what we're going to come up against too in the next few years, like kind of deciding like how to stay in your lane, like what you're good at, like, cause Millennials and Gen Z are, are good at different things, but millennials are like trying to jump into some of the things that Gen Z is like, is their thing. And we kind of have to, we stay in our lane um, and just keep doing like what we're good at. So some of the movements are coming from like the Gen Zers. And also the thing about the Gen Zers is that they have a lot of dark humor in them. So they're fucking a lot with um, <laughs> like the way the movements are getting out and like the kind of like every time I watch Benny watch, um, go on TikTok, I'm like, this guy doesn't know that he's like getting punked, like left and right. <laughs> and 
I was like, let me speak it in a term you understand. Do you remember that show Punked? That's basically what's happening to you with like all this stuff you're watching on TikTok. He's like, can you believe this? <laughs> Dude, you're just so old, man. Oh, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and so like that, those movements are like funny because they're mixed with a lot of like the Gen Z, I'm just messing with you kind of you know, dark. So that's where, and then the, of course the millennials take it so seriously. So, and then we mess up these movements sometimes and we forget like, what's the point. So um, the movements are going to continue to come and they're definitely um, the movements also to me was like, I think when we're asking questions about like, who's going to run this government, like who's going to fix these things um, kind of like how you were saying, it's like, oh, we're going to save ourselves. The movements are kind of like the answer to what we're looking for when it comes to government rule. The movements are like, what's going to dictate that. The hard thing is that the movements are like a game of telephone. Right. And by the time they get to the top, it's a big fucking mess. So well, um, yes. I actually, can I say some things about that? Because sure. I was I took a bunch of notes on your video and then I was going through before this and highlighting some of them. And I highlighted this part in like a different color than the other highlighted parts. This is my millennial getting serious about it. Okay. Don't hate me, Gen Z. It's I'm just, a, I'm, a, I'm a millennial too. So I get it. I know, but listen, I love it about myself. Okay. So, um, but this was really important. This like movements are super important. They're where we have the power, but the messages can also get lost and there can be unintended energy that's added to it. And again, to take this, like, I understand the whole Gen Z perspective of like, well, then let's just fuck it all up and like, yeah. let's make it a game of telephone. But me being a millennial wants to take this back to a more serious place. And like going back to this whole concept of Pluto return and like this being a very karmic time, I was reflecting on this message from your video right before we came on and it feels like like not in 2022 that we're going to see necessarily like you said reap the benefits of everything yet but there's definitely something new emerging like this new earth kind of feeling this new these new movements but I got the kind of like tie back to when we think about two really important movements that led to messages that have influenced our world in the past hundred, couple hundred years and couple thousand years. What was coming up is like the message of the Bible and the message of the Declaration of Independence and how both of those were started from movements with good intentions and then were able to like have a lot of energy directed into them so they could be used for other people's purposes. And this whole concept of movements becoming messages that can then be manipulated or like say in integrity, I think there's a really significant opportunity for all of us who are here collectively to determine like, given how connected and technologically advanced we are today, if we're going to take these movements and form some sort of new message, like the new declaration of independence, you know, not in 2022, but, you know, a few years down the line or whatever, how are we going to ensure that the energy stays in integrity? And I think that's also why so many of us have been developing our intuitive skills. It's like a, a skill of discernment, right? Because 
you can, you and I can say the exact same thing with very different energy and different intentions. And we're starting as a collective to be able to get better at discerning that. And I think that's going to be really important for us moving forward. Does that make sense? Yes. So well said. Um, thank you for saying that. Um, it, it kind of, you know, it's, it's, and, um, I had so much to say in that video. Um, so I, I don't remember if I even got to it, but it's like, you know, these messages, yeah, like they have good heart and we have to, and by the time they get to, you know, the very top, wherever like they're getting to, like, we don't get to just absorb them from the telephone game. We have to then discern and dissect and bring them back to like a balanced state um, with these. Um, and we, and, and it is up to all of us, even when you think anytime you do a stupid share of something that you see online and, um, you know, everybody's wearing this color. So you're going to wear this color. Like you have to take a moment not to pick a side. It's not about picking a side, like I'm on this side or on that side, but more like what part of this message that's coming through, do I resonate with how do I, how do I extract like the essence of this message and make sure that I'm perpetuating that essence of, you know, that message and not, um, moving so quickly and not realizing, um, cause the truth is like, as much as, you know, Gen Z like messes with messages, like that's their thing, um, with good intuition, with good discernment, you don't have to be like, um, a victim to any of that. And you don't have to be a victim to sharing something that like, you don't even know where it came from, or it doesn't even, you know, it's not even um, in alignment with you or your values or any of that kind of stuff. So that's going to be our big work with the movement stuff, because like you, I was really trying to tap into like, who's coming to lead the government. Like that was my mm-hmm. question. It's so funny. I was like, I was like, who's the new, like, what's the new, um, not like I was looking for like an Obama or anything like that, but I was looking for like what group starts to wake up and lead. And I was like crickets. I was like, Oh, nothing. Like nothing is coming. <laughs> nothing is coming. Um, I, and, um, like not in this way, that government is running. So that's why like the movements and like the people right. is important, but like, there's still so much work in, um, like you said, discerning those messages, like what we come to all that kind of stuff. So what do you think about, um, government? <laughs> what do you think about government? Uh, what a loaded question. <laughs> um, well, kind of going off Okay, so I'm going to bring it back again to the U.S. chart. Like, it's it's just fascinating to me, and I was spending some time with it before we came on. And this whole message of like, who who's the next generation of leaders, and yes. what does that look like? It's interesting because um, in an astrology chart, the South Node represents sort of where we started. Uh, oh Very well, Chelsea. Yes messes with me all day long I know I know I know same same and the the north node directly opposite represents like where we're heading and in the U.S. chart I was actually kind of surprised to see this but it makes sense now that I've thought about it the U.S. chart south node is in the sign of Aquarius which is very like for the people by the people I mean that's how this country was actually founded was based on like democracy for all that was the intention right And the North Node is in Leo, which is the axis of Leo and Aquarius is very much like Leo being 
leaders and royalty versus Aquarius being like the people, the democracy. And with the US nodes in those two signs, it is like our destiny as a country and really just like as a collective is to balance those two things. So in its shadow side, Leo energy is very much like kind of authoritarian or like leading by royalty and like at the expense of others. Whereas if we can, and this is gonna be a big theme for us all this year in 2022 as well, because we have the eclipses happening and on the Scorpio Taurus axis, squaring the US nodes. So this is like a, a time of evaluation of where we're at on this path of destiny to like, are we leading by example? And are we, the other sort of shadow side that we're moving away from, from Aquarius and into Leo is a shadow side of Aquarius can be overly rational or like head over heart, which is very much a cultural societal thing for us, especially in the US. The highest side of Leo that we are like moving more towards is leading from the heart, from a very like heart led courage, inspirational, way that empowers and emboldens others. So I don't I don't know how much that speaks to your question of what I think about government, but when I think about like our next the vision of the next form of government or leadership or leadership exactly is that like balance between like standing up in your power like being bold and letting your light shine for the sake of empowering and inspiring others and like there's a lot of that Aquarius energy that comes along to this too, of like democracy, uh, collective sort of leadership, that, that sort of thing. So I don't know exactly what that looks like. I just know those are the themes that we, again, all individually and societally have to really reckon with. Yeah. And I guess the question is going to be like how much, um, it's almost like when an old, company is about to be um, absorbed by like something new. So like Blockbuster, if you guys remember Blockbuster, right? Like you went there with your boyfriend to get like a video or whatever. And then of course Netflix comes around and like eats Blockbuster. So in when that happens in business, Blockbuster could have been like, hey, okay, okay. Just, you know, like, how about we do something together? Like we got a lot of videos. Um, like, please don't eat me. Um, let's <laughs> Like maybe I, you know, I can support you with these, like whatever, and we can call it net, net luster. Like, I don't care. <laughs> um, and that's kind of like my sense is what we're going to see in government. Like it, it, like either new leaders are going to like just be a Netflix or are they going to, is, is government going to be like smart enough to be like, no, no, no. Like, let's like, we do know how to do some things. We've been in this business for a while we can help you out here. Um, so let's not like eat each other, you know, or let's, mm -hmm. and like, that's going to, that is like TBD that right now, um, yeah. like whether it's going to get eaten and, you know, like, you know, Netflix in many ways, like, you know, it, it was great for us, but it, it also, it becomes a beast because it, you know, there's like so much content out there now and there's like all these things. So, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, it's deciding if those are those two things, the, the old and the new, are they going to be able to find a way to merge? 
just kind of yeah and I think that's an important theme too I felt that when I was watching your video um and you said something about how millennials right now are sort of we're a little bit confused when it comes to money and security or we're getting like a little bit lost in that and there's that feeling I have that speaks to what you're just saying of like we all have to be very like self-aware almost to a fault because there's because this is such a karmic um like so many karmic cycles are coming to completion for us individually and societally and collectively we have to be very careful that what we are like fighting for or fighting against that we don't end up just becoming a different version of like what we're trying to replace a hundred percent i mean that is exactly um I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 39 and all my friends, obviously like, you know, houses, kids in school, things like that. And, um, you know, we were the generate, you know, like we're older millennials, obviously like I'm at the very end, but I can see you guys coming like right behind me and I don't see enough change as to what, um, Cause like, I'm already there, right? Like I have the house, I have like the kids, I've done all those things. That's why a big part of us moving out of Miami to here was to like really cancel all of that. I mean, we literally live in a house right now that we own, right? We bought a cash because we sold a stupid house in Miami and it's a new way of us like trying to figure out, yeah, it's not Miami. We're not in Miami by any means. We don't have you know, sushi. And if like, I always joke, I always tell Benny that like, I get real nervous to drive around town here without food in the car. Cause I'm like, my biggest fear is I'm going to have no food and I have to stop at a Bojangles <laughs> and have lunch. You know, <laughs> what the fuck is Bojangles? <laughs> but it sounds really scary. Um, so yeah, like fine. We're not living in Miami anymore. I get it. But at the same time, I don't want to be part of that system anymore that I have an $800,000 mortgage and that my kids are going to schools that are, you know, and I don't see the millennial, the younger ones getting that yet. So mm-hmm. that, and that has to change because we're just becoming our, we're becoming like the superpowers that our parents wanted us to, like, you know, almost like we're becoming like a smarter, better monster. In right. It's like the well-intentioned person that goes into politics to change the world and then ends up getting sucked into the vortex of it and becomes just a bigger, better, more version of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Algorithm takes over you and just get smarter at the, at the game. So that's what we're, that's TBD. That's not going to happen next year, but I think we're going to start to see the beginnings of it. Yeah. And I do think like right now, when this podcast episode comes out, something interesting for all of us, but especially given what we're talking about with millennials and like the conversation of security and money. Right now, when this episode comes out, the planet Venus is in retrograde through the end of January. And it's a really important time for us all to reflect and do some shadow work and reassess our relationship with money and with work and purpose and these Capricorn themes because Venus is retrograde in Capricorn. But I, when I heard that message in your video about millennials getting a little bit confused about money and security, the way I see this too, and maybe this is just because I'm, you know, in the spiritual community and I see a lot of people talk about this a lot. There's, 
there's, it's such a fine line. And this is why I say we have to be so self-aware, like hyper-vigilantly. There's so much talk of like abundance mindset and like, it's okay to be spiritual and want nice things. And those are all true. And like, I want those things too. And I want us all to be abundant so that like, we deserve it. We, we get it. But I see a lot of what you're saying too, of like, don't let the scale tip too far to that side of then you just get caught up in the cycle of like becoming consumed by it. And it's one of those things that I think happens slowly over time and then like all at once and you're not aware of it. So now you're right. Like this isn't all going to happen in 2022, but right now is a really good time to be doing some of the shadow work around that stuff while Venus is in retrograde. Yes. Um, makes total sense. So the oldest story time is the devil being dressed in like sheep's clothes, right? Like it is the oldest story of all time, of all time. Greed being dressed in a fucking Kundalini hat (laughs) called abundance, right? Yeah. Like (laughs) we, that is why intuition work is so, um, important because it's like you said, just anonymous for discernment and, like we have to be able at this point, words don't mean much anymore. We have to feel into the energy of all mm-hmm. things. Right. And that like, you have to kind of, you know, like you said, reflect, go within, you know, and it doesn't mean I get to tip to the totally other side, be like, okay, cool. I'll be okay with, you know, not having the things and that I want and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not about that. It's just like where, um, are, you know, are you, I don't know, like, um, are we trying to be so secure and think that like all those things are going to make us feel safe? Like having, like, are we working so hard to find like a safety that is not going to come from with outside of ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we start, you know, giving things and getting, and getting, you know, getting consumed by greed, but just calling it something else. Yeah. And I think that even kind of ties back to what we were saying earlier of like the, the messaging sort of being directed in a different direction. And maybe that is the theme of, it's not even just 22. It's like from now on, and it's already started is like our messages and our like intentions or our movements are often being used against us or like to suck us into the very thing we're preaching against. And so that's like that energetic discernment that is very, even if you're like studying intuition and you think you want to become like an intuitive reader or a healer, like I think that's part of the reason why we're all called to this is because that need for discernment is really, really important. Yeah. You guys, it's the old story. It's the devil, right? It's like, oh, great. These people made this other thing. Like now I'm going to use this against them too, right? It's like, it's that, it's that, you know, almost like that algorithm getting smarter than, than you, you know, in in a way. So you have to be able. What's that book, the outwitting the devil. I feel like he talks about that a lot. He does. I was just thinking the same thing. And it's so funny because the book is like staring at me yesterday. And I don't know why I was like, oh, the book is calling me. Um, so it's a great, you know, that's a great, um, it's very, you know, kind of philosophical. You have to be able to see the, like the messages within. And it's not that we're saying that there's a physical devil, but <laughs> what we're saying is like 
we're all trying to come from a place of love and um, it's not black and white. The words don't even like mean the same stuff anymore. You have to feel into everything. Like you have to use that little heart that you came with and that portal that you came with to be able to, um, to feel into all this stuff. And we're all going to make, I believe that in the end, we, you know, we, the children of the sun, like will, they're guiding us in many ways. Those Mm -hmm. we talk about parents in the video too, because parents think that they're like making all these things that are going to be better for their kids, but it's just their kids. (laughs) That's what was like cracking me up. I have never seen so many people that want to write children's books than I have like recently, maybe because I'm a mom or something, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. Like these children of the sun, they're like really like, they're trying to like nail it to their parents. So, you know, I, I, we're not alone here. Like we come from our, with our own wisdom, but also like we are three generations that are trying um, really hard to make it all work, you know? Um, and that doesn't mean my generations. I'm sorry. I'm always so mean to um, Gen right above millennium. I'm so mean to them. It's ben, Gen X. Thank you. Benny's from that. Guys, I feel bad for you, but you're like, I mean, you guys are waking up. I'm proud of you for sure. But shit, man. Like, I have a message I for, boomers, like, mess. yeah, <laughs> I, I knew go, we were going to, I knew we were going to talk about this. So I was like, what would be my message to each of these generations? And well, I'm, I'm the same way when it comes to Gen X and boomers, but I was, my message to Gen X is like, sort of like you're saying, like you're waking up and I know like people listening to this episode are not representative of Gen X in general, but Gen X to me feels like they are like the cousin in the corner at Thanksgiving who's too cool to get involved in the drama between the boomers and the millennials so they just sit with their popcorn and watch it unfold which is great for meme content like it's funny right and Gen Z loves it but it's time for you to like I don't want to say pick a side like you have to pick a side of boomers and millennials or whatever but like you got to start standing up for something is what I feel and I also what I would say maybe my nice way what I would say too is like you guys it's never too late you know, um, and I've been seeing great work with um, Gen Xers. Like I've been seeing, you know, now that their kids are getting a little older, they don't have to be um, like they're getting a minute to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I have high hopes for you guys. Like, it's never too late to jump on the wake up bandwagon over here. And you can like your story hasn't been written. You guys are still young, you know, like yeah. as a as a group, you guys can still have like you can leave a mark, you know. And, That's so much um, nicer than how I said it, but I just want to like light a stick of dynamite and hold it under everyone's butts. But I feel like probably any Gen Xers that are listening to this podcast, it's like not really directed at you. It's more like, go take this to friends. your fellow friends. Yeah. <laughs> your friends. You know, it's like, it's never too late. And that's why the Gen X healer and the Gen X intuitive is so damn important. Like you guys got your hands full and um, like if you're in that, if you are in that boat, like let's, let's get busy. Actually, I have something to say about that, that I just really kind of discovered and got into this week. That is fascinating to me. There is something, an astrological aspect that is shared between people born across 40 years, which is incredibly rare. So if you were born between the years 1950 and 1989, which I believe encapsulates Gen X and millennials. I don't know if it encapsulates, I guess some boomers. 
Yeah, because my, my parents are boomers and they were born in the okay. 50s. So actually, my parents were both born in 1950. Okay, so some boomers, Gen X and millennials, if you were born between the years 1950 and 1989, everyone born in that time shares an astrological aspect in their chart of the planet Uranus opposing the asteroid Chiron. Uranus being the planet of the collective of change, progress, chaos, and Chiron being known as the wounded healer. So these two, this opposition that is in all of our charts, if you're born between that time, like I've, I've, I've just discovered this this week, which I don't know how, cause it's been in like almost every chart I've read, but <laughs> it's like, we are, we came here very intentionally to be part of this healing generation. And so I agree with you, like, it's not too late. And like you boomers and Gen X, you're part of the healing generation as well. Like you're not meant to be left out of it. Yeah, you are like, um, you're almost like um, the children of the first marriage and then the millennials, (laughs) the Gen Xers and the children of the son are like the second marriage, you know, like which dad finally got it together. He's not so much of an asshole. He's not cheating on people anymore. You know, mom is like figuring out her power. So she, it's a totally different like set, but you guys are still important. Like there's still- you are still needed and we're all here together. So it's never too late. Um, Chels, I think anything else we haven't, oh my gosh, what do you think about tech? I wrote here in my thing, <laughs> tech. Um, actually, worms. my favorite line of your video that made me literally laugh out loud was when you were like, you like deadpan to the camera and we're like corporations why are you so dumb sometimes about the whole like metaverse thing um hilarious guys if this was a movie the metaverse would be like like Olaf you know like you're watching Frozen and every (laughs) little show you know there's a hero's journey blah 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 and all of a sudden there's like a funny there's like this character that just throws in for laughs like they do nothing (laughs) nothing else but make you laugh that would mean the meta the metaverse like that's you know but a scary version of it i guess they can also be they're like a scary villain <laughs> like yeah it gives me the feeling of um <laughs> i don't know i've never seen any of those like um scary movie uh like satirical things you know but it gives me that sort of feeling of like we're all these characters in a movie and we're all like what's gonna happen we have to go do this and then like a person in a costume of like a grim reaper comes along and is like oh I'm, I'm here to like help save you and we all just sort of look at him in confusion like what is this loser doing like he's like is- not even hiding it he's like yeah. not even like wearing the full costume yeah. <laughs> yeah and we just all are looking at it like is this guy serious like none of us think this is cool none of us think this is like interesting but okay corporations like you said in your video like you want to pour your money into this and like stake your claim in it go right ahead yeah, like the first thing you need to do, you guys, is like get a 16-year-old and ask them if they would buy into that. And if they tell you no, it's not going anywhere, guys. Like who are we making the metaverse for? Like really, it is the craziest. It, it just really feels like a last, last-ditch effort, you know? Yeah. Like, so funny to me. So that was just nuts. I've been doing a lot of uh, readings lately uh, with people who are in tech. So I've been like kind of forced to go into the tech industry and that's a scary world. So shout out to all of you guys who are in tech and like doing the good work, fighting the good fight, like holding down the light. Um, It is, um, it doesn't, 
I don't think it always means to be, but it's like a virus that doesn't have too much control of itself. And it is one of our, it's, you know, one of our enemies. Um, and not like, hello, I'm talking to you via Zoom and that kind of stuff. It's not like we're going to disconnect, but it is a weapon that can be used against us. And we have to just keep watching out on it. Yeah. And I think um, you also started talking about social media a little bit in your video. And I feel the way we do social media and the way we like market ourselves, especially like us small business owners, I've been having a lot of conversations with people lately just about how people are needing a lot of Instagram detoxes and the ways we're told to market feel icky and don't feel good. And I just, there's like an uprising coming in that too. Not, not, not an uprising, but just like a big change. I think of how we relate to each other on social platforms. I don't know what it, it's going to look like, but that whole space is feeling stale and like kind of yeah. Old. Yeah. Well, it's like the beginning of the end. It's kind of like what happened to us on Facebook. And now we're starting to see it, you know, happen with Instagram. And I don't, and, um, but the difference here is that where everybody was like ready to jump on Instagram at that time, there is no, there's no desire to jump on something else. So we are like in new territory um, of just kind of, you know, figuring out how can we stay connected? Cause we love that and stay like um, sharing things and being inspired. Um, and some of it might just come from like what we've been talking about is discernment. Some of it might just be coming from like, how are we using it? What energy are we putting into it? You know, mm-hmm. who are we following? Things like that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a, um, a detox in the networks. Which- yeah, I don't know. I, I think like, what is coming to me of what would replace it and I don't know like I think Instagram will still be around and I like it sometimes you know it's useful um I I see things moving more towards like less of these huge big global social networks and more of the like community-based ones like even like soul collective like things like that where you're really connecting intentionally with like-minded people. And then we have to be careful about that too, of not getting too enclosed and just our bubbles. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I see, I, I see that too. And as for like, if you have a business and like, oh my gosh, social media, it's, um, you know, it's really just going to like, it's just all always going to continue to come from like word of mouth and having relationships with people. And I mean, businesses have been growing like that forever and ever. Um, and Definitely like media is, I think we're also going to see a little bit of going back to websites, Chelsea. I think that we're going to, um, I think, and maybe that's not the right word for it, but it makes me feel like there's going to be like hubs of um, information that like I want to go to. So kind mm-hmm. of like a little, like almost like a blog 2.0 or something is what it feels like to me. Like it feels like to me like, oh, my group of people or like the people that I love, like they're all here and they put things and like I'm you know, like almost like channels in a way, but I choose to go into it rather than like, it's assaulting me. It's, it mm-hmm. feels a little bit more. So I, um, there's something kind of like old school about like going to a website rather than just like opening up your Instagram. So um, I, I don't think maybe website's not the right word, but it makes me feel like I'm going to go into my own little universe, you know, type of thing, but I'm choosing 
very clearly like to go into it. So it just mm-hmm. probably like less in your face, um, maybe a little bit more exclusive. It's kind of like, you know, the dating apps at some point, like then they was getting all these exclusive dating apps, you know, like, <laughs> so it feels a little bit like that. It's going to be a little bit more curated and there's going to be more like choice of us entering the room where Instagram at this point, it feels like you have like no choice. You just open it and you're there and right. you're getting all this information. So it feels a little more Does- curated. Does that feel um, like a mix between like longer form content and like the social conversation content to you? Yeah, it feels like, um, like, um, like communities, but with like one shared resource. I I think that's also happening because um, the... Like, it just feels like almost like there's going to be curations of the beliefs that you want to like absorb almost in a way, which can be a scary thing. Cause for instance, like parlor came out, you know, during the mm-hmm. Trump era and all that kind of stuff. And like, that's a big, um, um, echo chamber, you know, it's going to be like a big echo chamber in there. And, um, it just feels like these places where you want to gather might be a little bit more like niche and, um, still social share, but like kind of, you know, kind of all directed in like choosing, like, this is the kind of stuff I want to see, which you can obviously do on Instagram. Like you can curate your own Instagram if you wanted to. Um, but it looks like there is going to be a movement to like choosing a little bit more of like what's coming at you. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can feel the energy of what you're saying a little bit. And it feels like, like, I think of it almost like the way the soul collective community is set up. And then there are like, maybe like contributors who contribute longer form content. Um, But then, you know, you get into like, then that has to be moderated. And then it's still, someone is still like making a decision. So yeah, I see it moving in that direction too. You can also lose like the, um, you know, like the everyday person, like all of a sudden it's only people that have- you know, Leo tendencies and are like, <laughs> you know, putting themselves out there or whatever. Um, but yeah, my sense is, but the truth is like the people that, you know, in many ways, Instagram is becoming a place for extroverts, you know, um, like introverts are the first ones that are starting to leave it. Like, um, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, but like you're, it's, you know, you're getting to a place that it's feeling kind of um, like too social in a way, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why, yeah, it's just going to be interesting. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right, Charles. So I think we like, we are complete kind of, unless you have anything else to talk about. So many things to talk about. I guess one more thing I'll mention just to end on a good note. Cause I feel like I've sort of been a little like uh, Pluto energy heavy here, <laughs> um, um, which is not like my usual self. I'm a Sagittarius moon. I'm very optimistic and, and bright, but yeah, 2022 is going to be an interesting year, but to end it on a good note, um, something really nice is that starting actually December 30th of 2021 and through the beginning of May, we have the planet Jupiter of expansion and growth and good luck even entering the sign of Pisces, which is a very spiritually connected sign, very like Pisces has a lot of compassion, a lot of empathy. So I do think sort of like we've even been talking about this like second wave of healing and uh, opportunities for more spiritual awakenings. I see that definitely being an opportunity. We also on April 12th, we have 
Jupiter conjunct Neptune in the sign of Pisces. So Jupiter expansion, Neptune spirituality, Pisces spirituality. So there's in April and even like, you know, the time around it feels like really good opportunities for us who've already been doing the spiritual work to go deeper or to go higher while still staying grounded. Um, but also like get opportunities to have more people coming on that, that train. So sure. I think it can be a really good energy for us. And I'll just end on that positive note. <laughs> it's definitely like the year that like all healers have been working towards and all of those who have been doing like deep healing work. It's definitely like the beginning of that. Like, um, I mean, I remember the first time people were like ready to talk to me about spirit guides. I was like, yes. So overall, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, what we're going to see. Um, uh, like you're not going to be so weird. If anything, you might see yourself as like an early adopter yeah, and then a weirdo anymore. So that's going to be exciting. And, um, you know, and also on the flip, there will be like posers and all that kind of stuff. And that will be frustrating. Um, but <laughs> overall, like, it's just going to be, yeah, like that, that very, that Pisces energy, you know, that energy mm -hmm. of like, um, being a little bit more open, you know, to, yeah. to things. So it's going to be, it's going to be nice. Yeah. It won't be too bad guys. It's just that <laughs> definitely like, I think where people were thinking like, oh, okay, like 2021, like we're making like this gradual kind of things are getting a little quiet or whatever. You know, you kind of would think that 2022 is a little bit of that, but it's like, a, it's just like another peak, you know, kind mm -hmm. of here. like there'll be yeah. more activity um, just in a different way, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Me I, too. Uh, I know that like, all is working out and think we're super thankful for all of you who like sat here this long enough to speak with us. <laughs> Hopefully, um, you know, we share these things cause it's totally fun for us cause we're like nerds, but also like, hopefully it helps guide the year helps you, um, validate some of like what you're feeling in yourself too, of like kind of, and also knowing that like we can keep spreading this kind of energy to other people. And that's, you know, you may see yourself as like a little dot on the earth, but it really matters um, kind of what, you know, like what you consume, what you start to believe in and how you pass it on to other people. So that's why I am always very helpful. So, yeah. And I think that's like a good theme of advice for people in 2022 is like, whatever happens to you individually or us societally, like we're the ones who are meant to keep and hold the higher perspective and like keep the long-term vision in mind. And I hope that's what this episode has sort of like pointed in the direction of. Definitely. And yeah, like that's such a good point, Charles. Like we, um, as the light workers and the healers and all those, it's like, um, you know, we have been, we know the ending of the story, you know, type thing. And we may not even live to see the ending of the story. I don't think we are going to, or, you know, maybe some of us, but, um, but we have to keep holding the vision of like what we have, what other, you know, those lifetimes as like our star seeds and all that we knew this time was coming and mm -hmm. we knew um, how it ends. And, you know, us holding that vision is, even if you never like talk to another person or whatever, but like holding that vision is very important work. So yeah, remember. Yeah. All right, Charles. Well, thank you. I love you. This was so fun. Hope you. Had thank you.
I always have a fun time talking to you, Nikki. So thank you so much for letting me come on. Thank you everyone for listening. And I hope it was helpful. Yeah. And you guys know that um, Chelsea will be teaching Soul Expansion this year. We're so excited. And um, you're still going to do readings astrology readings in your, in your business. Yeah. Astrology readings. Yes. Exactly. So if you guys are, she is not reading for us anymore. We will miss her daily. Excited, <laughs> but of course, knowing that, like, we're so happy to have her as a teacher. And, um, but if you kind of are interested in like, okay, what does my chart look like in 2022? Chelsea's your girl. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.